This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me today here on Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And of course, welcome to the September 20, 27th edition of Invest Talk. And there's a lot going on today in the markets and elsewhere, but our focus on this program, program is always you, your investments, and your continuing education on how to become an above average investor. So, as promised, I will provide unbiased comment and analysis for you today. I will do my best. But of course, I am encouraging your participation. I want you to be part of the show. So please, please call our anytime listener line, 888-99-CHART, and ask your questions. You make it interesting. You do, not me. I came across two headlines that I think we need to share this morning. One is Intel hit with another downgrade on production issues. It seems analysis of their 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 chip making ability of Intel's are telling me that AMD is doing a better and faster and cheaper job. They're coming to market faster with a newer generation. It's smaller and it's more efficient. The microchips. They're both companies in Santa Clara, California. So they're arch enemies. So I need you to be aware of this as an investor. And this, Apple traders bet stock will soar to new records. Whenever I read that kind of headline, it worries me. I, I am an Apple owner. In, my, in our managed accounts, we, we own, uh, in not all of them, but we own Apple and have for some time. So the enthusiasm for Apple is based on the belief that sales of the new iPhone will boost Apple shares. Well, I guarantee you that sales of the new iPhone will boost Apple's bottom line. Okay, Apple Inc.'s AAPLs or symbols shares have already have pulled back a little bit this month. I don't know if you've seen that. But that before that, they climbed 30% to a record high. Now, will it start climbing again? Is Apple computer overpriced we can talk about this if you want give me a call 888-99-CHART my top of the show story yesterday concerned insurance do you remember what types do you need what can you skip purchasing now in a couple of minutes I'm going to have part two of that story you know my background is insurance that's how I got started in New York City after graduating college here in the west I went back to New York City because I wanted to see what it was like and my first real job out of college was in Wall Street in a big insurance company. So I'm pretty pretty well uh, versed in insurance. And, of course, it has passed me by over the years. I'm not as well as versed as I was when I was in actually in the business. But I'm still pretty, pretty uh, knowledgeable about that. First, though, let's find out what our InvestTalk listeners are thinking. Here's a question that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Kevin from Seattle. I had a question about what you thought about stock ticker MORL. It seems like it has a really high dividend, almost too good to be true. But just looking at the stock history, it hasn't really done anything too crazy, it seems like. So what do you think about holding it just for the, the dividend? All right, thank you. I'll be listening on the podcast. Okay, MORL. 
is not a stock. It's an exchange-traded fund seeking course, uh, seeking performance corresponding to the uh, Market Vector Global Mortgage REITs Index. Okay, Global Mortgage REIT Index. It's not a stock. Try not to try not to keep those ETFs separate from companies. ETFs usually hold a group of companies or tracks an index or tracks something or just a grouping of stocks that all have similar characteristics. It, you have to read the definition of what the ETF is, but it's not a stock. Okay, so its dividend is 21%, and no, that's not sustainable. To, to pay 21%, they have to give back some of their own money. They have to borrow money. Some that That's not sustainable, 21% dividend. It's not possible as a sustainable. Anything that's too good to be true is too good to be true. It's too good to be true. There's no way they can keep up 21% as a yield. So how did they do it before? What did they do? Well, they could have easily... Uh, uh, Borrowed money, they could have issued more stocks, they could sell assets somehow to gather that yield. But they're tracking an index. But it looks like it looks like it might be a leveraged ETF, even though it's not saying so in the definition. I checked that out. Using leverage means they're borrowing money and buying more shares of the index they're trying to track. Some, it's not going to pay 21%. I would not rely on that for a heartbeat. Okay? Just don't. Having the right insurance coverage is a key component of living a financially healthy life. You need certain types of insurance. You've got to have them. But loading up on the unnecessary policies is going to drain your pocketbook. And you don't need them. Now, yesterday I said you should have... Health insurance, renters and or homeowners insurance, car insurance, and possibly disability insurance. And by the way, I found this story on marketwatch.com. I, I do like that website. They have good stories. So what type of insurance can you probably skip? Do you need a smartphone insurance? Probably not. Do you need travel insurance? Probably not. Be more, be more, be careful booking your travel. Do you need it extended warranties? Extended warranties, uh, it's a type insurance. That makes the company issuing those things wealthy because they pay very little on those warranties. Okay, remember, these are types of insurance policies you probably do not need. You probably don't need rental car insurance because that's probably covered under your credit card or your own personal auto insurance. You have to check that out, but it's probably covered. You don't need ID theft insurance, even though it's a big it's a big concern. But do you know the actual out-of-pocket cost of ID theft is typically about three hundred dollars? And most banks and credit card, you know, they don't require that you to pay those those charges, those fraudulent use of your credit card. They don't. Do you need flood and disaster insurance? That's a hard question to ask. Where are you? Are you in a flood air, flood zone? If you own property in a flood zone, sell it and get out of the flood zone. You don't want you don't want to do that. Okay, finally, here's something I know a lot about. Life insurance. Now that's a pretty complex topic. For example, if you have children or other dependents, life insurance may be worth the premium. 
But what kind of life insurance? There's various types. I am a big believer in term life. Not whole life, not universal life, not any hybrid of those things. Term life insurance. I like term life insurance. It's cheap. You have it for a specific period, a specific time period, for a specific reason, and for a very low premium. Makes sense to me. Okay? You can always reach me, reach out if you want to talk about insurance. You can reach out to me at KPP Financial or through investtalk.com website by just sending me an email. Now, I have quite a bit of experience understanding the value and disadvantages of various types of insurance. So, if you are an investor and you want personalized guidance on select insurance that might be right for your budget, you can always, you know, you always give me a call. We'll, we'll do that. But there's other ways to protect, I don't call it insurance, but protect your portfolios. We can talk about that too. Reach out to me if you like. Remember, uh, our main office is Dana Point, KPP Financial. Now again, you can get a message through through me with through investtalk.com. Emails, I answer all my emails. I do a hard, I make a, a big effort to answer those emails that you sent. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I invite you to take our free risk questionnaire at investtalk.com. Justin and I can use the results to assess your investor tolerance to risk. We can help you apply a strategy that works best for you, understanding and incorporating your personal risk tolerance, and that's what this questionnaire does. It's a very short questionnaire. Our Thursday show is well underway, and we're taking your questions, so give me a call at 888-99-CHART. Thanks for listening to Invest Talk. Looking at the calendar, we are already in the last week of September. Here's a constructive idea. If you can find a few minutes to invest in learning how to improve your portfolio's performance, head over to investtalk.com. Read about one of the many strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial. And while you're there, be sure to take the Riskalyze Risk Questionnaire. For now, Steve is here, the phone lines are open, and he's taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Danish in Kansas City. How you doing? Hi, Steve. First of all, uh, thank How you, you for all the stuff you do for us. Thank you. You're welcome. I like doing it, so. Yeah. Um, I currently own both of these stocks. Um, the first one is General Mills, and uh, uh-huh. I, you know, I bought it around forty-four dollars. And the second one is Lamb Research, and I got in at like around one fifty-seven bucks. So, both the industries seem to be in the downtrend. Um, just curious, what mm-hmm. would be your recommendation to sell or hold them for the long term? I, I, we'll talk about General Mills. Uh, GIS is a symbol. Manufactures cereals, specialty foods, yogurt, dough mixes, and snacks for the retail business. And this is a fairly defensive stock, which is good when you're you know, concerned about the market or the economy is, is getting late in the cycle. And I happen to own General Mills also. I got it back a couple, three months ago. Uh, and I was happy at first, but then I had that one bad day, and it's been tra- you know trailing off. 
So I'm back to where I was, which is very disappointing. <laughs> but but uh, it's a very good stock and, and a pretty low valuation. They're always going to make money. They're going to continue to make money. And they pay a 4.6% dividend that is not going to be sh uh, uh, reduced. It's only going to increase. They've only the reason why I say that they always have increased their dividend over the years, over the decades. Right. Yeah. So uh, it, the P range right now is 14, and the the five year range is 13 to 25. And next year they're going to make three dollars and 24 cents. So the P is probably getting close to the 13 number. Return on equity is very high at 35 35 percent. Uh, I, I I would hold on to it. I mean, I, 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 that four percent dividend. If you could just, you know, not look at it and hold on to it for the next few years, I think you're going to be pretty happy because it will get rewarded. I just not sure. It, the timing is very difficult. I, I think that it will not go much higher than the mid to high fifties, probably. You know, maybe it'll get to sixty. But, you know, 60 from 43 is 50%. Plus, if it takes two years, three years to get there, you're getting 4.6% 4 4 dividend while you're waiting. So I kind of stick, I would stick with it, Dennis. I, I really would. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. GIS is the, sim, the, the symbol, everybody. General Mills, Inc. Today's featured talking point, why the bubble in defense stocks may soon burst. This is a pretty interesting and something that you probably don't know about that you, you need to know about. Shares of defense contractors have registered strong gains in the past decade, but maybe now that won't be so much. I want to talk about Powell, which believes that this time it might be different. I think that's not true. Details of durable goods orders. I want to talk about statistics. Jobless claims, durable goods orders. I want to talk about those things today, too. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I invite you to take our free risk questionnaire. As I said before, you can take it. It takes only a few minutes. So we'd love to talk to you. 888-99-CHART. The KPP Premium Newsletter packs a lot of market news, process explanations, and even stock ideas into a concise summary every Friday. You can subscribe at investtalk.com. It's only $9 per month. That's if you subscribe now and beat the coming October price increase. You're listening to Invest Talk. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here, and the lines are open. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris? I'm good, Steve. How you doing? I'm good, and I do really appreciate the call. Oh, yeah. Oh, thanks. But, uh, thank you for the show. Uh, a lot of education. Thanks. <laughs> good. Good. So, you got a um, question? I'm looking at the stock uh, Pure Storage, PSTG. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of it? I mean, uh, they've been going up for the last year. Thinking about buying buying a position here, but I don't know about the trade war. So, uh, what do you think? Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to chase performance, and when something's gone up very strong for a year, you want to wait for a mm -hmm. pullback, and it looks. It looks like it's trying to pull back. It was got as high as almost 29, 28 something. 
and today's at 2596. Yeah. So it's in the last couple of weeks, it looks like it's pulling back. So this might be your opportunity. But Pure Storage, the symbol PSTG, it provides flash-based storage systems for large and mid-sized organizations in the U.S. and abroad. It's a $6 billion company, so it's, it's on the cusp of trying to be a big cap, but it's not. It's more of the mid-cap yet. And they've never made money up until they're going to make money, according to the estimates, for the first time next year, 22 cents a share. Then the year after, we have an estimate for that at 47 cents a share. So this is a growth stock because the sales have been growing 30 to 40, as high as 48% per quarter for the last couple of years. Every So it's really growing fast. It's a growth stock with a great trajectory and it's going to make money, which as you know, Chris, is one of my big pet peeves. Buy stocks that make money. Don't buy stocks that don't make money. Wait till they make money, then buy them. So, yeah. if they can keep up their growth rate, then that's key, Chris. If they can keep up their growth rate, yeah, this would be a stock you can buy, and you want to buy it on weakness. I, I think you might get a better op opportunity in the month of October and then pick it up. But it is wow. high risk because it's high growth. Okay? Uh, okay. Right, okay. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate, Appreciate it. Appreciate the call. Thank you. That was uh, P.S. T is in Tom. G is in George. Let's go to Jim in Indiana. How you doing, Jim? I'm great today. How are you? I'm very good, and I do sincerely appreciate the call and you listening to the show. Yeah. So I was calling you today. I own international paper. I've owned I owned some of it for a while, and it it dropped down on me, and then it. CEO quit or retired, and then it broke through some trend lines, uh, through some uh -huh. resistance, and I got bought some more, and then it tanked right after I bought it. Not really tanked, but just kind of fell off. Don't you? Um, there's don't you been rumors that? of a buyout. I don't know whether to sell it or keep it. Okay. Well, let's look at the fundamentals and see if we can say, you know, if it's a solid company that should be considered. To keep the symbol is everybody is IP International Paper Company is a 20 21 billion dollar company, so it's a big cap. Manufactures printing, writing papers, market pulp, packaging products, and container board. So that packaging products and container board part of the business is probably doing very, very well. Their printing writing paper biz part might be not be doing so good. The market pulp should be doing pretty good. I'd have to look in all those different segments. To really decide but fundamentally the company's going to make 51 percent more money this year than it made last year five dollars and 26 cents next year is going to be another eight percent 566 sales are growing eight to ten percent the p.e. ratio is pretty darn low it's a fifty dollar stock going to make five dollars and 66 cents next year so you're looking at a nine p.e. with a five-year range nine to twenty and it looks like a lot of support comes in right a little bit above $49 a share. It's at $50.23. So you're hoping that a hold. The value is there. It's big company paying a 3.8% dividend. All the components are there saying that this company is a pretty good value. And, Jim, one of the questions I would have on international paper, do they get a lot of their pulp and paper, uh, their they're wood products from Canada? If the answer is yes, 
you can see where I'm going with this, with the tariffs. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're not having, yeah. If that answer is yes, this might be the reason why you've had four days of falling because just recently, maybe five days there, we, we've had uh, Trump saying, we're not getting along and I'm not going to meet with their prime minister. You know, right? I mean, all about terror. That could be the cause of this. If that is the case, it's a short-term problem. So I wouldn't sell it. I would not. Okay. 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 All right. Well, thank you. I okay. appreciate the uh, feedback. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate the call. Yeah, it's tough because you really want to dig into the information. Where are they getting that? They're, where are they getting their pulp to make their paper products? Is there going to be a 25% tariff slapped on that? You see where I'm going there, you know, and that's going to hurt their bottom line, and that's what maybe investors are worried about. So you got to, I wish it was easy, it's just not. And I can't dig into these things as deep as I would like to here on the air, just cannot. Tomorrow on Invest Talk, several seemingly harmless behaviors can have a big financial consequence. Seven ways you can harm your credit score without even knowing it. And that's going to be tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. Our podcast continues on next. It may be hard to believe, but the average 401k investor misses out on over $5,000 per year in investment gains. How come? Poor timing? and subpar fund choices. That's the big challenge that is being met now with active 401k. The typical 401k plan has limited choices. People don't know what to do, and that's exactly why active 401k was devised. It may be just what you've needed. It ranks your current options within your current employer's plan, and then all you do is log in and make the changes. You'll be told exactly what to buy, what percentages, and what funds. This program is offered by invitation to KPP clients and limited number of our listeners, too. And if you'd like to see more about it, just go to investtalk.com and click on the Investments tab and then look for Active 401k. Now let's get back to our podcast. This is Invest Talk. Please make sure you subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then listen, rate, and review. Question Have you thought about asking Steve Peasley for a no cost and no obligation portfolio review? You should. It's easy. Steve can set up a telephone conversation or a Skype consultation. Okay, you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve will have unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Mark in Sunnyvale. How are you doing, Mark? Good, thanks. Thanks for the show. Uh, my question is um, Roku, R-O-K-U. Was wanting to uh, get in, but not sure. Uh, is it a good time, and uh, what price? Uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, okay. Let's take a look at it. Roku Inc. R O K U. Uh, it's out of Los Gatos, California, up there in the Bay Area. Develops streaming entertainment devices for delivering entertainment to the tele to the television. So Roku, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's fairly fairly 
fairly popular. It's an $8 billion company that has yet to make money, has never made any money, and here it is trading at $74.74. It IPO'd, in other words, came out to the public for the first time in 2017. So it's a fairly new company and has been rising sharply. Why? Because its growth rate has been accelerating. Accelerate. Last quarter, the growth rate, sales and growth, sales growth, not earnings growth, sales growth, rose 57%. The quarter before that, it went up 36. The quarter before that, up 28. The quarter before that, up 40. The quarter before that, up 19. So you can see it's really doing very, very well on sales growth, but has yet to turn a profit. I would not chase it. It's moved from $20 to $74 in a year. $22 or so, 20 yeah, $20 to $74. And I, I, you have to wait for a pullback market. It's really, really expensive. It might deserve mm -hmm. it because of sales growth, but it scares me to buy something this expensive without them making money yet. Okay? Okay. Roku. All right. Thank you. Thank you for the call. Thank you for the call. R-O-K-U. R-O-K-U. I, I remember my rule. I don't like buying companies that don't make money. It doesn't mean I will never buy a company that doesn't make money. And Roku is the kind of company that I might consider buying, even though it's not making money, simply because... It's losing less and less money, and 2019 is going to lose four cents a share, meaning it, it it sales is going to push it into profits. And if they can keep that sales growth up, man, it's going higher. If they can't, it's going to fall like a rock. They'll fall faster than you can get out, I can tell you that too. Today's main talking point, why the bubble in defense stocks may soon burst. And it has really not anything to do with the business model itself. It's all about government and the changes they're making. First of all, did you know in the last 10 years that the defense stocks have done better than the stock market, better than the S&P 500, better than technology? The S&P 500 is only up about 190% in 10 years, where the defense stocks is up 359%. It's been a great sector to be in the last 10 years. But I don't know if it's going to be so in the future 10 years. And you're going to say, well, why? that doesn't make sense because the government, the Trump administration is spending a lot of money on defense, and that is all true. This is the problem. It's the way the government pays these defense contractors. The old, they're changing their system and how they pay. The old system, they used to get up to 80% of the cost for a new product, a new defense product, a new, you know, whatever they're building, you know, more tanks, airplanes, or a new technical system, whatever it is, missile guidance. They used to pay up to 80% of the cost up front, up front. The proposed new payment system, they can get as little as 50% of the cost paid up front. So what is that going to do? That's going to slow way down, way down earnings for the defense sector. It's going to slow way down how they can recognize their earnings. So that slowing way down is going to make those defense stocks not look nearly as valuable. And they're not going to be because those costs are going to be spread out over years and years and years like they usually are. 
Uh, and here you are getting 50% instead of the 80% you routinely got. Now that's as little as 50%. You still can get up eight, at 80%. Depends on the contracts. It depends on what they So we're not quite sure how that's all going to work out. And stock market does not like uncertainty like that. Plus, it's done so well in the last 10 years. The next 10 years is very difficult to, to duplicate that kind, of, that kind of performance. Very difficult. Chances are good. They're not going to be nearly, the, the stocks are not going to be nearly as good over the next 10 years as they were in the last 10. It's just a natural consequence. Now, new listeners to InvestTalk may not realize that KPP Financial has been producing this program for over 20 years now. And Justin and I are glad to continue making this investment because it makes us a reliable go-to source for you, the investor. We also know that some of you will recognize that maybe our training and experience could help you out. Maybe we can bring it to you. Maybe you would want us to help manage your portfolio. So, maybe... That's what we do it for. We do it for education, and we do it because it's a marketing arm of what we what we do. It's a win-win situation. You can listen for free, submit your questions anytime, register for no-cost portfolio reviews, all that. And now we're taking our questions live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial where each Friday, subscribers to the KPP Premium Newsletter receive a concise and highly informative summary of the week's financial and investment news. It's sent directly to their inbox. It really does give you a week that was roundup in a quick read. It also offers a look ahead and various process and term explanations that will be interesting to every investor. So you should be thinking about subscribing. The cost now through September is only $9 per month. And if you act now, you'll stay ahead of the coming October price increase. Remember, you'll get targeted value formatted for fast consumption when you become a KPP Premium Newsletter subscriber at investtalk.com. The InvestTalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-42. We're going to talk to Molly in Cleveland. Hi, Molly. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am good, and I thank you for the call. You're welcome. I just have a quick question. Um, I'm thinking about buying the stock Mercer International. The ticket is M-E-R-C. Okay. Okay, Mercer International, everybody, manufactures northern bleach softwood craft pulp at two facilities in Germany and one in Canada. Okay, so that's what it does. Um, and you know that we are having a tariff dispute, a trade dispute with Canada. So if they do a lot of business, they're out of Canada. They are out of Vancouver, British Columbia. So if they do a lot of trade here in the United States, it, you know, these trade disputes could, could affect them in the short term, short term. But looking at the fundamentals, the company's going to make $2.20 next year, and it's $16.90 stock. That means the P.E. is like 9, okay, 9, maybe okay. 10, uh, more like 9, yeah, 18, yeah, maybe 8, yeah, 8, 8, 9, somewhere in that range. 
Uh, and the five-year range is 5 to 70, so it's very, on the low end of the range, has a pretty good return on equity, has good cash flow, pays a 3% dividend, and sales growth has been growing 20 to 50% in the last four or five quarters. So it's a good, solid company, Molly. It's a good, solid company, paying 3% dividend. So uh, I, I like it. Uh, I, I'm only concerned with the trade thing. But let's say... I, I'm almost positive that there's going to be some kind of agreement with Canada and the United States. We're too close of, we're too close to each other. We like each other. Basically, they're going to come to an agreement, and this stock should benefit just because of the agreement. Now, maybe it won't help it financially, but it will benefit just because there's no more tension. So I think this is a good place to buy it. So yeah, I like this company. I think it's a good well, buy. Thank you. Thanks, Molly. Appreciate the call. M-E-R-C. M-E-R-C. You know, my only my only caveat is here we're going to enter October, and October by far is the most volatile month of the year, by far, in the yearly cycle. Uh, October is almost, from a standard deviation point of view, 40% more volatile than the next closest month, and those are September and November. And, and the three closest months, September, November, December. Try to remember that volatility does not mean negative. People always have that connotation to the word, oh, volatility, oh, that's bad. No, it's not bad. It's not. It means it can be bad, but it can be great, too. It both. It's both those ways, volatility. So I'm thinking that October also has a history of putting in a bottom. Maybe we'll see, you know, they, that means maybe we'll see some down volatility, which will be a great buying opportunity. Powell, you know who Powell is? Federal Chairman Powell believes that this time might be different. That worries me when I, when he said that. And that worries me. The Fed Chairman has, uh, you know, this week increased interest rates, right? He's downplaying the risk of recession. He doesn't think it's going to happen in the next two years. But economists note, note the economists, and they could be often wrong too. The Federal, Federal Reserve is raising rates, the yield curve is flattening, and the Federal Reserve is likely trying to slow the economy. And in the past, 100% of the time, that has always led to a recession, raising interest rates and the flattening and then the inversion of the yield curve. It's going to flatten before it inverts. So it's flattening now. Doesn't mean it has to, but I think the risks are pretty darn high. And when the Fed tells me, well, this time might be different, every time I've ever heard that in my whole life, oh, this time is different. You want to know the last big thing that happened that when everybody's telling me it was different and they were thinking I was stupid? It was the housing market. I sold all my rental properties in 2000, the summer of 2004 or five, something around there. And I kept saying that I think the housing is getting too expensive and that there's a problem with it. Everybody thought I was stupid, and I was stupid for the next couple of years because it didn't top till 2006. The one before that was uh, in 1999 when I was saying on the radio, uh, this is this dot-com thing is crazy. This is There's no earnings for these companies. They're not making any profits. There's no reason these stocks should be selling what they're... I was... Pretty much ridiculed for that, too. On the radio, 
You don't know what you're talking about. It's a new way to do business. It's different this time because it's a new way to do business on the Internet. It's different. It's never different. Companies have to make money. Okay? It's not different. So when somebody tells me I'm different, I get pretty nervous. I don't think I mentioned the market. The Dow was up 55 points today. The Nasdaq was up 52, which is a pretty good move for the Nasdaq. And the SP was up 8. 8. That was what the market did today. Let's see if we can squeeze in another question from one of our listener lines. Here comes a recorded call from our anytime listener line, 888-99-CHART. How you doing, guys? Just had kind of a basic question for you. Um, I hear you talk a lot about how a company looks technically versus fundamentally. Um, I was wondering if you could touch on that excuse me, a little bit more. Also, which one is more important when you're looking at buying a stock, how their outcome looks technically or fundamentally? By the way, my name is Jake. I'm from Chicago, 26 years old, and uh, thanks a lot for the podcast you got. This week. I'm learning a lot from you. Thanks a lot. Jake, that's an excellent question. Excellent, excellent question. And there is a clear and definite answer. Fundamentals by far are the most important thing of a company not technicals. The fundamentals of the company, how much money it makes, how pricey is it, how what's its profit margin, what's its return on equity, return on assets, what are the products it makes, what how, how good is the management? Those are all fundamentals. And in fundamentals, there are two you can break it down in two broad categories. One is the actual numbers themselves, the study of those numbers. Okay? Two is the business. The study of quality of the business, quality of the managers, the the branding, that, that kind of thing. That's not necessarily the numbers. We call this qualitative and quantitative fundamentals. Technicals is a study of the movement of the stock price over time. Because it tends, human nature tends to repeat itself. So that's what that is. But by far, you want to buy companies that are fundamentally sound. Don't even consider buying companies that are not. Don't buy penny stocks. Don't buy stocks that don't make money. Those are rules I have. And I'm going to pound them into your head. I mean, you figuratively, everybody out there, until you agree with me. <laughs> because that's the right thing to do. You know what they say, time flies when you're having fun. And I'm really enjoying myself for some reason today. <laughs> Anyways, I'm compounding investment growth and today's investment top program is moving pretty fast but we've still got about 10 minutes left so let's talk about the finance and investment questions you have on your mind 888-99-CHART The next Invest Talk, seven ways you can harm your credit score without knowing it. Steve will break down the story tomorrow. But now, Steve is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888 99Chart. Hey, Steve or Justin. Just want to get your opinion on GDX, the gold miners ETF. Just want to see what you guys think for a defensive play with the potential upcoming recession. Um, right now it's about $17, and it looks like it's at a, you know, putting in a bottom here. Do you think it could go even lower, or do you think that now's a pretty good time to buy? What would you recommend as a, a buy point if you wanted to get in? And furthermore, would you personally recommend that we get into the stock now 
with the fact that the market could potentially go down in the upcoming months. I'd love to hear what you think on the podcast. Take care. Bye. Yeah, generally, uh, generally GDX, which is the gold miners index, is pretty good defensive play. Okay, uh, meaning that that if the market goes down, it generally holds up well or goes up. It's of course more tightly tied to the dollar. If you don't believe me, just look at the look at two charts: a one-year chart of GDX and a one-year chart of the UUP. GDX is the gold miners. UUP is the dollar. U.S. dollar bullish fund. And compare them. You can see how they move. Anyway, I do think it's a good defensive play. Uh, and I do think that it's right near its support. Um, and I think that it's a good time to buy it. Now, try not to be too crazy because the stock market is still uh, uh, bullish. It's still on a rally. Uh, we're, we're just going to have some volatility, I think, in October. Uh, you know, I could be wrong. It doesn't have to be volatile. Volatility in this sense, this October, means I think you're going to see some down volatility. But I also think that by the end of the month, the beginning of November, it's going to be coming right back. So you can just not worry about it, or you can put on a few defensive positions or produce some cash so you can buy the volatility. It's up to you. So, yeah, I think it's a good defensive play. I think gold is that close to its low even long term, so going into next, no one knows when the next recession. During a recession, this will work very well. Okay, it'll actually start working very well before the recession, because the markets look forward, and it will probably start working pretty well before the recession actually is seen. GDX, everybody, Venec Vector Gold Miners. You know, it's tra tracking a gold miners index. 888-99 chart. Let's talk about durable goods report today. The durable goods report comes out every month, and this is for August. And I like durable goods report, even though it's a looking backward number. I want to talk about numbers. Okay, we just talked about fundamentals and qualitative versus quantitative, but that was about individual companies. Okay, the durable goods, the statistics that come out all the time every week, are as you are looking at the economy. So Durable Goods Report looks at those things that last three years or longer that are bought by me, you, corporations, anybody. And it looked really good. This is the problem with you just seeing the numbers and not understanding how they work. The Durable Goods Report grew 4.5%. The sales of durable goods in August grew 4.5%. That was twice the expected number, and that's a really big number. For that report. However, when you're looking at durable goods, you always want to strip out transportation, airlines, and automobiles. Why? Because they're super expensive and they're super volatile, especially airlines, from month to month to month. So you want to look at what's called the part of the report called core capital goods expenditure. That's much more important. What did that do? That went down five-tenths of one percent. Down. Five-tenths of one percent. Now, mind you, it's been going up fairly strong for three or four or five months now. So one month doesn't mean a lot. Okay? It doesn't mean a lot. But it is something that you should pay attention to. And another part of this durable goods report is inventory of durable goods. You always want to see, is inventory building? 
or is it shrinking? Is it changing all the amount of inventory of durable goods? Why? Well, if it's building, that could indicate maybe that sales are not happening. And that's why the durable goods number is bad. If the inventory is rising. Did the inventory rise? No, it did not. It's very low. It needs to rise. And it probably will rise over the next month or two. Therefore, next month's durable goods report probably will look better. Pretty interesting, huh? At least I do find it interesting. You know what that they say, time flies when you're having a lot of fun, and I've been having a lot of fun here. So what do you want to do? I guess we have to call it a day. Okay, so we're going to call it a day. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have just now put to bed another Invest Talk program. If you can set aside a few minutes tonight or tomorrow, I encourage you to read about our wide variety of, of KPP investment strategy pro programs or different types of accounts. Just go to investtalk.com. Thanks for listening, and please come back tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. <laughs>